Welcome to the Taylor and Jen podcast. Mornings with Taylor and Jen. I didn't know Christians were supposed to have so much fun. What's up with this? <laughs> I think I might be a terrible mother. Well, <laughs> this is a safe place. You can confess that here. We won't judge you too hard. I, I think there's two things playing along here with this. Number one, I am one of the least competitive people you will ever meet. I don't. I don't like competition. I'm not really super at competition. Mm-hmm. I I'm not competitive. So okay. I, nobody <laughs> nobody wants me on their team when we play cards or because you games. just want everybody to get along. I you want to be friends. Fun. Yeah, it's social. For oh. me, I love social. Okay. Okay. So I will admit, when I was growing, when when my kiddos were growing up, I would let them win. You did. I mean, really, it wasn't very important to me you, to win shoots and ladders. You, you it wasn't really important win. to me to win go fish. You built it into their heads that they were world class <laughs> shoots and ladders players. I was teaching them how to play the game, and they would win, and they would have fun, and they would dance around, and I loved to watch them be happy when they won. Okay. So, okay. Fast forward to now, I have teenagers who are both. Cutthroat competitors. Really? I don't know how that happened. <laughs> but anyway, I am the person at the table that wants to change the rules to Uno so that everybody has a better time and nobody gets mad. <laughs> and You're... my kids are like, no, mom, if it says draw four, he has to draw Wait, four. Wait, you're trying to change a draw four card? It's that's, just so many cards. That's the most cut and dry card there is. There's not a lot of gray area in draw four. And then they turn around and do it to me. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, yay, more chances for more cards. Wow. We're Taylor and Jen, who is a win allower, a letter winner. (laughs) You might even say she's a loser on purpose. (laughs) You you just allow your children to win games against you. Not just my children. Sometimes my parents. Sometimes my brother and sister. You're just a peacemaker, aren't you? I, I just, I'm not competitive, and I enjoy watching other people win. And Paul has some words for you. Hey, Jen. Yeah. You can be on my team. Oh, thank you, Paul. Do you, you let people win, too? Yes. <laughs> you guys would be a terrible team. No, no, no. It's the ones that you you guys say that about. It's the ones who will always win. You think we would always win? I don't think that's yeah. how games work. <laughs> when you let somebody else win, they generally win. No, 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 no. When we let them win, we're the ones who's benefiting oh. because we're making somebody else happy. Yeah, I see. We win wow. metaphorically That's, when somebody else wins. That is some kind of youth camp <laughs> game theory right there. We all had fun, so we all won. Then we're all winners. I, I just don't like you using my he's, word for, he's just for your state. Persist in that. Well, you, you'd better let me win this one, Paul. Like I said, we're all winners. <laughs> So the debate rages. Yeah. Do you or do you not allow the children in your life to win at games? I used to let my kids beat me at games until they were four. And then at the age of four, if they won, they won on their own. But I was out for blood. <laughs> <laughs> four is still a toddler. But three years is a long time to lose. We started playing games on Candyland. When they were two years old in memory. Do you win in memory? Well, now, yes. You do? I don't. <laughs> I cannot yes. win at that game. Wait, what were we talking about? <laughs> 
I wonder someday when you have this cute little girl, Hohulan, looking at you with your her big, probably brown eyes. Oh yeah, gonna be brown eyes. Uh huh. And and she's gonna say, "Daddy, wanna play a game with me? I want to see you." Okay. See you beat her on purpose and not let her say, win. Okay, darling, you ready to be crushed? <laughs> you, you're you're going to learn that it's a cold, hard world. We'll learn what I learned, that it's very hard to let your children lose. It's hard. It's really hard. So I used to let them win. What about you, Erica? Do you let your kids win? I have five kids at home. And so I think almost all their lives, they've had at least one game every time we play where somebody gets to beat mom. <laughs> I, I can't handle them not like being upset. You just look at their little faces and they're like, "Oh my gosh, I lost!" I know. Oh, Thank you. You'll do better. Here we are, another quarantine-ish weird <laughs> week ahead of us. Yes, that's true, and probably a few more ahead of yeah. us as well. I have so appreciated the Psalms mm-hmm. in these times as we just kind of on a whim started reading them. It's almost like just getting to say these words back to God is just kind of unloosening some knots in my soul. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is Psalm 33 this morning. You godly ones shout for joy because of the Lord. It is appropriate for the morally upright to offer him praise. Give thanks to the Lord with the harp. Sing to him the accompaniment of a ten-stringed instrument. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully as you shout out your praises to him. For the Lord's decrees are just, and everything he does is fair. He promotes equity and justice. The Lord's faithfulness extends throughout the earth. By the Lord's decree, the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth, all the starry hosts. He piles up the water of the sea. He puts the oceans in storehouses. Let the whole earth fear the Lord. Let all who live in the world stand in awe of him. We wait for the Lord. He is our deliverer and shield. Our hearts rejoice in him. We trust in his holy name. May we experience your faithfulness, O Lord, for we wait for you. Some people, when they get bored during this pandemic self-isolation time, go to Twitter like Taylor. Uh-huh. And you found the argument about whether you should iron your pillowcases or not. I didn't even know this was a thing that you could debate, but it's getting very passionate. And I have I have ironed pillowcases mm-hmm. in the past, not for me. People paid me to do it. I haven't touched an iron in at least 8 months. But we want to know, do you iron your pillowcases? I've ironed my pillowcases and my sheets. I hate the top of my sheet getting all crumpled up. And somehow when it's ironed, it's just smooth and it feels good. My ironing board is in my bedroom and it's up all the time. I love to iron. I do. I know it's kind of wow. weird. But I no, love it's and I, soothing. You don't have to apologize for it, Kathy. You're talking to us like it's a bad thing. Just, how, how frequently? It's a I don't know. It might thing be. And it makes you happy. You do not need to apologize. And it's come to this. We're talking about ironing pillowcases. Because apparently, this is what I think happened. Somebody's significant other, wife, whatever, told him to iron pillowcases during this strange time Mm -hmm. of pandemic. And he went to Twitter to complain about it. (laughs) Will someone please validate me that you are not supposed to do this? Uh, But apparently, Kathy is also someone who knows how to iron a pillowcase. I learned to iron by ironing our pillowcases. No way! That was like the training, training. 
ironing grounds. Yeah, is that how your mom taught you? My mother, when you'd say you were bored, she'd go find some ironing for you to do. <laughs> when she brought the laundry up, she'd say, oh, here's some pillowcases and handkerchiefs for you to iron. You iron the handkerchiefs, too. My dad had the crispest handkerchiefs in the world. <laughs> Maybe ironing is a thing of the past. I mean, maybe it went out with like rotary phones. We, no. have, we have different fabrics. We've got the wrinkle-free technology yeah, now. And, I mean, I haven't used an iron in at least eight months. And anymore, if it's wrinkled, I just hang it in the bathroom with me when I take a shower. Yeah, you, you let it air straighten. <laughs> air it's just gravity is going to work everything out eventually. But That's there, just science. There are still people who hold to ironing. In fact, Frank, you feel very strongly about ironing. I'm a man of creases, many creases. <laughs> I once had a pair of painter pants jeans that had so much starch in them, you could stand them in the corner, and they would stand in the corner by themselves. And you put them on by jumping off your bed right into them? You had to tie them to two table chairs and then jump off the kitchen table to get in them. <laughs> I did a little bit of cleaning and organizing over the weekend, found Mm -hmm. some jeans that I hadn't worn in a long time. (laughs) Even this morning, tried to put them on, and I'm like, okay, too many Cheez-Its. So here we are in the age of quarantine and Mm COVID-19, and I have to go on a diet and get in shape. And here's the deal. When you're stuck at home, all the gyms are closed. Yeah. You're kind of stuck with the YouTube fitness people. Yes. And have you noticed how chipper they all are? They're very chipper. And they act like it's so easy. Exactly. They're like, hey, guys, we're just going to do a million push-ups and yes. it's going to be okay. And don't forget to breathe. Yeah. <laughs> well, how about we have a different fitness instructor? Oh, yeah. Like a more realistic one? A L- little bit more realistic. Th- right. This gentleman is going to lead us through some stretches. So feel free to join along if, if you're not in your car right oh, now, if you're sorry. at home. I Need to get out of my yeah, chair. go ahead and go ahead and stand okay. up. We're gonna we're gonna do fitness, fitness with, class. with this gentleman. Here we go. Good morning, all. Good morning. And welcome to my weekly blog on how to get fit and stay fit. His weekly blog. It's no good unless you do your stretch. You must do your stretch. Must do stretch. The first one is with the head. The head. Up and down. Stretch up and my down, head. Up and down. No problem. No problem. And this is very Ooh, important for that? the lower body. You use a chair. You got a chair. And you put your leg up in the chair. Oh. No. I'm putting my leg up in the uh. chair. Ah! You put your leg up in the chair like that. Oh. And you straighten it out. Okay. And then you tip your knee with your head. What? You lean forward like that. And you feel, you feel the back of your leg stretch. That's very good. That's first good. Oh, One second. No. You know you so can. I just lean forward like that. And you feel it in your back. And you feel it in your abs. Are your abs there or there? Are your pecs or something? And then you go forward like that. Oh. Oh. Like that. And you do that for about 10 minutes. I guarantee you, you'll be framed. So that's it just for this morning. Tomorrow morning, though, we'll do it small bit more advanced. And it'll be a bit more technically inclined. But I'll explain it all to you. So that's it now. Oh. Keep your keep your fitness up. And the important thing is you must do your stretching. Okay. God bless now. Goodness, what's he doing? He was walking up to turn off his webcam. I am sweating.
while we are all cooped up, it is important to find ways to, as our friend recently told us, get fit and stay fit. <laughs> stay fit. Well, I'm all proud of myself because I've started walking yeah. again, going on walks and, and going on long walks because, frankly, I don't want to go inside the walls of my <laughs> no. house again. So if it's a nice day like yesterday, yeah. I take a long walk and I come home and I pat myself on the back and I think to myself, well done, Jen. Yeah. You have taken a walk. We're all getting very creative about how we exercise and stay fit. Um, I, I hadn't heard quite anything like this before. Are you uh, going to tell me about somebody that's going to make me feel less proud of myself for taking a walk? Yeah, probably. Uh, um, his name is Elisha. He lives in France. And he well, is... they're pretty locked down in France right now. They are very locked down. And he is a runner. Ooh. So, you know, it's hard to run when you're locked down. Yeah. Oh. But what, he, what does he do? Well, he didn't let that stop him. He has a 23-foot-long balcony. Ooh, that's 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 decent, but really, for a runner, that's nothing. He ran a marathon on his balcony. I'm sorry, what? He just jogged forwards and backwards <laughs> on his balcony until he reached the full distance of a marathon. Like all at once? Yeah. Or did he do this over a couple he of just, weeks? Well, no, he did it over the course of six hours and 48 minutes. So, he ran... <laughs> He ran a marathon. Feet back and forth. Back and forth. Back and forth and back and forth on his balcony. For six hours? And if you want to feel even worse, that's double his usual marathon time. So he generally runs 26.2 miles in like three and a half hours. How do you feel about your walks now, Jen? Uh. I'm not sure how much longer Bagel the Beagle is going to be able to take this whole quarantine self-isolation thing. Oh, is your dog having problems? Well, <laughs> you know how dogs are supposed to act all happy uh-huh. when they see their owners grab a leash and put their sneakers on? Yeah. Bagel the Beagle has gotten to the point where he's running and hiding. What? Your dog is sick of going for walks? <laughs> I think he is. You're going on a lot of walks. <laughs> We are living in a time where we are cooped up mm-hmm. quite a bit, but fitness and exercise still remains important. And earlier you were talking about a gentleman in France who ran the equivalent of a marathon on his yeah. his balcony. balcony, 23 foot balcony. He ran 26 miles on it. So he ran back and forth on his balcony for six hours. Yeah. And I was just proud of myself for taking an hour long walk yesterday. Well, if you're looking for more ideas, Paul has something for you. Get a concrete block. Sit it down on the floor. Get two five-pound potato bags. Okay. Okay. Put them in each arm. Okay. Stretch your arms out. Walk around the block twice. (laughs) Yeah. And then sit down and relax. Okay. That's good. What did the concrete block have anything to do with? Well, you walked around the block twice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that block! (laughs) Jen just got it. You know what? I could do that. I don't have two five-pound bags of... Potatoes, but maybe I'll buy. No, 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 no. You missed it. What? Uh, what did I miss? I said two five-pound potato bags. Oh, so you don't even put the potatoes in there. <laughs> exactly. I don't think this is much of an exercise, Paul. It's a joke. Taylor, it's a joke. Taylor. <laughs> Doctor Heidi, I don't like asking people to do things that they don't normally do. It can be so hard. Recently, I was locked out of my house mm-hmm. and no spare key that we could find. And so I had to call my good friend, Jen, to swing <laughs> by the house and let us in with the spare key I'd given her. And I felt bad doing it, even though I knew she would do it. Of course so I would common. do it. I was happy to do it. But I still felt like I was 
I was asking you to do more than your part. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I don't like that feeling because I know it's not supposed to be there. You didn't want to have an ask. Yeah. Right. You didn't want to be the one that took the relationship out of its normal give and take to that higher level and say, okay, can you go above and beyond for me? And the truth is a lot of us are like that. We are happy to be the one that goes out of our way, that makes the dinner, that watches the kids. But when it comes down to having an ask, it's so hard to do that for ourselves. But the fact is, is that Taylor has done things like that for me. Yes. And I think if both of us sat and thought about it, that's what a friendship is all about. That's what a good relationship is all about. It is. And it, we have to think about that. So we all have moments, whether it's with our spouse, we're like, OK, I am sick. I have got to go to bed at six. Peace out. You're on your own. Yep. Or at work, we're like, you know what? I've got this project. I need you to step in and help me. And it's a couple of things. It's recognizing that we have limits. We have limits. We need to go to bed at six because we're sick or we have work limits. We have to get things done. And we don't like to impose our limits on other people. Mm. But the truth is we're all human beings. And I think if we stop and say, okay, how would I respond to my friend if they had this ask? Then I think that gives us the hope and the courage maybe to ask our friends that because most of us would be like, sure, what can I do? Anything, name it, time, place, whatever. I'm there. But we have a hard time letting our friends be a friend to us. And I'm almost honored when a friend comes to me. Like like you said, you were happy that I asked you. It's, I was. It's, it's like an honor when a friend says, hey, would you come help me shovel my driveway? Help me move. Help me do this. It, it shows that I'm trusted and that they value me. So yeah. why don't you want to do it? <laughs> exactly. I don't understand it. <laughs> so if you're, if you're like Taylor, right, and it's hard to have that ask, name it. Say, hey, this is uncomfortable for me. I'm not really very good at this. Can you help me out? Because when we put it out there, when we we name that emotion, we name that hesitancy, our friends can then speak directly to that and say, you know what? I've got your back. You're good. I'll take care of you. I walked with a friend yesterday at a socially distant pace. Uh, And as we were chatting, I said something that I thought might be a little bit shocking to her. I said, you know, there are parts of this I'm going to miss. And she said, Parts of the quarantine, COVID-19 craziness. Obviously, none of the negatives. Yeah. Obviously, the the fear and the anxiety and the loss of life. I I look forward to that being done as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. I pray for its end. But there are parts of holding up and being close to the people who you love the most and the simplicity of it all that I'm going to miss. Yeah, I, I can see that. Can you? Yeah. Uh, it, it's not just me being a mom, liking, no, no, liking having my kids close to me and, and not have to worry about them ever going out. <laughs> I think this has stripped so much away from our lives that a lot of the really valuable stuff has less in the way even. And you see how valuable it is when it's, you know, there's so much less around it. I think I think of myself on the other side of this when life gets back to breakneck speed mm-hmm. and, you know, you have time to stand and eat dinner at the sink and you don't have time to get your kids together because mm-hmm. they're doing 14 different activities. You know, it could be a year from now or whatever. I wonder if I'm going to look back and think, hmm, I really miss that. It's not hard to find downsides to a global pandemic. <laughs> but I have a friend who says God never wastes time. No, that that's true. Nothing is wasted in God's it doesn't time. waste a thing. And so I think there are some things that are worth looking at and saying, you know what, when this is all over, I'm not going to miss the bad, but I'm going to miss this. What, what, what will you miss? I think for me, what 
this whole pandemic has done has shown me how cluttered my life was getting. Mm. And it's kind of stripped away all of the errands that I didn't need to run and all of the the trips and the the to-do lists and all this and that. And just let me kind of come home at the end of the day and breathe and have a slower pace and spend time with my wife without feeling that little counting clock in my head of like, okay, I need to make sure I do this, need to make sure I do that, because there's nothing I can do. And <laughs> it's not I, essential. You know, God tells us that we need to slow down. There is so much in the Bible that rest isn't just a gift that God gave us, but a command that he's given us. And I hope that when this is all over, I'm able to hold on to some of that rest and uncluttered life. I've started a ritual. Okay. <laughs> it's I don't know. Maybe I'm going to call it my COVID-19 ritual. I don't know. Besides washing my hands 20 times a day with mm-hmm. soap, I have another ritual. At the end of every day, after the kitchen is cleaned up, after I've fed the kids, after I've gotten ready for work, after everything is done, it's all done. Mm-hmm. My sister for Christmas bought me a kit to make like a nice hot cup of tea from loose leaf, leaf tea. Okay. Steeper, all of that. Yeah. You know, where you steep it, not a bag. Make that, the real deal. Make the real deal. And I do it every night with a tea kettle mm-hmm. that actually whistles. And I make myself a nice hot cup of this chai matcha tea, put a little bit of honey in it. And then I go and I sit on my bed. And I just pet Bagel's ears. Yep. Because they're so soft. And he loves it. He lays down next oh, to yeah. me. And he tries to get the belly rub and the butt mm-hmm. rub and all that other kind of stuff. And I just have this hot tea and Bagel the Beagle moment every night. And if that goes away, <laughs> I will miss it. Yeah. Because that's one of the things that I've been, quote unquote, forced into every evening. And it's been lovely. That's a really good thing. And I was telling my friend Laura in our walk about it, and she said, well, then you need to keep it. Yeah. Keep it. Don't let it go. You find all these good things in the midst of COVID-19, and it's not like you can only do it when there's a global pandemic going on. You can keep the good ones. Yeah. This has been the Taylor and Jen podcast. You can hear more from Taylor and Jen weekday mornings online at life1071.com or on the Life 107.1 app.